It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a special general conference edition of KSL Radio. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. Back in August, the United Nations Civil Society Conference was held here in Salt Lake City, Utah. It marked the first time the conference had been held outside of New York City. Many wondered why Salt Lake City, Utah had been chosen as the place for the 2019 event held August 26th through the 28th. This annual conference offers civil society organizations an opportunity to put a global perspective on specific issues. In recent years, the focus has been on climate change, human rights, disarmament, global health, sustainability, and volunteerism. This important gathering is also a unique occasion for civil society organizations to network and to share best practices at the international level. So thousands flock to the Salt Palace Convention Center here in Utah for general and breakout sessions on a wide range of issues from sustainable cities, climate change, refugees, education, and much, much more. Utah Valley University and its president, Astrid Tuminez, played an important role in getting the conference to Utah and drove a strong agenda around engaging the youth of the world. It's interesting, many social scientists, along with business and political leaders, recognize Utah as a great laboratory of democracy in America. The state's strong free market economy, robust institutions of civil society, amazing natural beauty, and extraordinary people make Utah an exceptional place to live, work, play, and grow a business. So it was that description, combined with Utah's long-held place as the crossroads of the West, that may sound a little colloquial to a lot of folks. Uh, That self-aggrandizing kind of statement is easy to applaud and easy for locals to get excited about, but visiting dignitaries recognize that there is something special going on in Utah. Utah is poised not just to be the crossroads to the West, but actually the crossroads to the world. The skeptics will snicker at the suggestion of Utah as crossroads to the world, and they wouldn't be the first. When pioneers first entered the Salt Lake Valley, they made a bold declaration about the future of the area, and it has actually proved to be quite prophetic. Uh, Although I would suggest that if the media had followed those uh, pioneer leaders up to Ensign Peak, uh, they may have snickered a little bit and reported uh, the audaciousness of the goal. At the driving of the Golden Spike, connecting the the nation by rail, similar sentiments were shared about Utah being a crossroads, and those were also scoffed at by some. Even just 30 years ago, think about that, uh, over a decade before the Olympics brought the world to Utah, And years before Silicon Slopes were transformed into mountains of industry instead of just sandy hills between Salt Lake and Provo, it was Gordon B. Hinckley, 15th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who spoke regarding the history of the vision of Utah going from the crossroads of the wilderness to the crossroads of the West to the crossroads of the world. President Hinckley began by recounting the moment early pioneer leaders climbed a little knoll called Ensign Peak. They surveyed the land and proclaimed a big vision for the future. He suggested that, indeed, had a reporter followed that group on the July morning in 1847, they would have scoffed at the foolishness, the ragtag group of leaders, and the ridiculousness of the crazy idea 
and stated goal they had declared. Uh, But they would be wise to remember that within the parentheses of a crazy idea, within the parentheses of an impossible idea, is where the extraordinary things really happen. President Hinckley went on to say they did not look like statesmen with great dreams. They did not look like rulers poring over maps and planning an empire. President Hinckley continued, they were exiles driven from their fair city on the Mississippi into this desert region of the West. Continuing, President Hinckley said, I marvel at the foresight of that little group. It was both audacious and bold. It was almost unbelievable. Here they were almost a thousand miles from the nearest settlement to the east and almost 800 miles from the Pacific coast. They were in an untried climate. They'd never raised a crop here. They had never experienced a winter. They had not built a structure of any kind. These prophets, dressed in old, travel-worn clothes, standing in boots they had worn for more than a thousand miles from Nauvoo to this valley, spoke of a millennial vision. Then they came down from that peak that day, and they went to work to bring it into reality, to make that dream real. Similar cynics and skeptics will challenge a vision of Utah as crossroad to the world. The reality is Utah has been quietly working, patiently paving, and firmly forming the foundation of the crossroads for years. So here are just a few measurable facts that we know. Utah has the most diversified economy in the country, according to the Hatchman Index. Utah leads the nation in year-over-year job growth. The state had $14.4 billion in international exports last year, $15.1 billion in imports. Utah's tech sector is the second fastest growing in the nation and almost double the rate of California. Salt Lake City's International Airport expansion is well underway and soon to be completed. The inland port, despite challenges, is moving forward in a significant way. Utah's workforce remains one of the most educated and productive in the nation. Obviously, the international headquarters this general conference weekend of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints brings the state a unique worldview, along with language skills and a global reach. The state has already proved that it can be a careful steward of its Olympic legacy, caring for its venues, nurturing young athletes, and poised to welcome the world back for another Olympic Games in the future. And Utah's beauty, natural resources, and outdoor industries draw millions of international visitors to the state every single year. But in order to extend that current success and firmly plant itself as the crossroads to the world, Utah has some big challenges to face and big things to overcome for sure. All will require great leadership at the state and local level and partnerships in the international and national space will be needed. Some of the difficulties are byproducts of success, like addressing air quality, transportation, and the stress placed on the environment. Utahns are committed to finding such solutions as part of their stewardship. Housing shortages, homelessness, opioids, mental health, and how to educate a growing population will require solutions as big as the vision to become the crossroads to the world. Now, Utah is poised to address these and other issues because, like their forebears, Utahns know that while seeing the grand goal from higher up is great, you still have to come down from the peak and get to work to make that vision a reality. The greatest cause for confidence in achieving this big, audacious goal is Utah's most priceless and powerful export, its people. Not only do tens of thousands of young Utahns fan out across the globe as missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ, but many others are stationed as leaders and employees of business and government 
along with countless individuals and families who contribute to local communities in far-flung places around the world. Visitors to Utah may want to climb a little peak behind the Utah State Capitol and catch a view of what an audacious vision combined with hard work and great people can become. Then they can come down from the peak with a vision of what it takes to create a crossroad to the world in the crossroads of the West. As part of the conference, the Deseret News sponsored and I was able to moderate a panel discussion on upward mobility and building self-reliance for individuals and communities. We were able to have Scott Winship, who is the project director for the Joint Economic Committee in Congress, that is a bicameral, bipartisan committee that is focusing on what they call the Social Capital Project. Uh, Very integral to what the U.N. is trying to do in terms of civil society, Scott Winship and his team, uh, under the direction of Utah Senator Mike Lee, are looking at what are those things that actually create social capital. This multi-year initiative uh, investigates the nature, the quality, the importance of relationships, particularly in America. Uh, Scott discussed and shared with our panel how research suggests a trust in religious organizations, political organizations are diminishing, and how the American culture is changing with less emphasis on family and community, and how that diminished engagement actually impacts neighbors and volunteerism. That shift is actually isolating communities and individuals more than ever, and it's resulting in the opposite of what a civil society represents and what the U.N. Civil Society Conference was really all about. Uh, Winship concluded his thoughts on our panel discussion by saying, it sounds like it's a call for all of us to widen our social circles and looking at how we can impact neighbor, family, and community in a more significant way. When we come back from the break, we will pick up our conversation about Utah, crossroads to the West, crossroads to the world. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a special General Conference Weekend Edition at KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to this special General Conference edition on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. We're talking about Utah crossroads to the West, crossroads to the world. Coverage from the UN Civil Society Conference here in Salt Lake City back in August. Uh, if you missed our first segment, we were talking about the things that actually do position Utah to be a thriving place in the international game, uh, as it has this great free market economy, strong institutions of civil society, great neighborhoods and communities, businesses that give back to their communities, and the strength that makes and the opportunity it creates for upward mobility. Uh, And that really is the test. Often as we are looking at the challenges that individuals and families face in a very difficult, very challenging world today, 
we need to make sure we're balancing. And the UN conference here in Salt Lake City, Utah, back in August, really focused on what are those unique partnerships? What is the proper role of government? What's the proper proper role of civil society in helping those that are struggling? How do you actually create that upward mobility? Uh, many have noted that Utah is one of the most mo- upwardly mobile places in the world, again, because of those great institutions, great communities, and great opportunities for people to actually rise. But when you get back to this idea of what is the proper balance point, uh, Abraham Lincoln, I think, had it figured out all the way back in 1861. Abraham Lincoln told Congress that the leading object of American government was to elevate the condition of men, to lift artificial weights from all shoulders, to clear the path of laudable pursuit for all, to afford all an unfettered start and a fair chance in the race of life. So in that single sentence, a single simple sentence, Lincoln explains what poverty is, what the government ought to do, and what the rest of us should engage in to actually help all people rise. Lincoln knew that firsthand. He understood poverty. He'd been in it. And he understood also that poverty is usually not the absence of money. Poverty is usually the absence of opportunity and a lack of access to the social capital that we were talking about before the break and the economic networks That's where human opportunities really thrive. So how do we do that? How do we help lift all those boats and move them forward in a positive way? If you listened last hour to Jeff Kaplan here on KSL News Radio, he talked about one of those organizations, civil society at its best, right here in Salt Lake City, Utah, called The Other Side Academy. The Other Side Academy is modeled after Delancey Street, where criminals and homeless, drug-addicted, who've really hit rock bottom, can uh, get a second chance at life. But rather than focusing on addiction, rather than focusing on the criminal justice system, the Other Side Academy is a two-year program that focuses on teaching even these hardened criminals how to live with honesty and integrity and accountability. Uh, And they do that in a a multiple of ways, but primarily they do that by providing for themselves. So this is an organization that doesn't accept funds from the federal government, from the local government. They provide for themselves. Here in Salt Lake City, one of the first things that the Other Side Academy has done with their students, and I love that they call them students, was to create a moving company. And if you can imagine that, here you have people who have been criminals who have regularly taken uh, TVs out of people's windows and sold them <laughs> at uh, online and other places, uh, are now carefully wrapping them and taking them out and moving them in a way that the other side movers have become the number one customer service moving company in Salt Lake City. And so this is an example of civil society and how you lift people up. Rather than sending people to prison to teach them how to be better criminals, you put them in an environment, a civil society environment, where they can learn that integrity, that honesty, that hard work ethic that can help them rise and prepare them to go back into the communities that desperately need them. If you missed Jeff Kaplan's uh, first hour here today uh, talking about the Other Side Academy, it's worth going to the KSL News podcast uh, and listening to that. It's a great story. It's an extraordinary organization led by Joseph Grinney, uh, one that uh, all of us here at KSL are just thrilled to see how they are changing and transforming lives really through civil society. So we were able to highlight uh, the Other Side Academy at the UN conference and give them a world stage uh, to the great things they're doing right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. The other members of our panel 
Uh, as we were at the U.N. conference here in Salt Lake City, again, the uh, Civil Society Conference uh, was hosted here in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, was a great partnership, a partnership that uh, to many would seem unlikely, as unlikely as uh, Utah really growing and thriving and becoming this crossroads to the world. It's a relationship between the NAACP and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, we were very pleased to have uh, members of from both the church and also from the NAACP to talk about their strategic alliance when it comes to the area of teaching self-reliance and how the two have come together to take the church's self-reliance program and then working with the NAACP and its members to tailor and customize that for inner cities, for minority communities, for those who may need it most. Uh, the partnership has been one that has been truly extraordinary, and the results have been significant in the tests uh, that they've done across the United States of America, uh, and those will continue to to play out. Uh, it was interesting, uh, Chairman Leon Russell from the NAACP uh, said something interesting. He said that the journey does not begin on the day the journey begins. In other words, it's about building relationships. I think one of the most important things we need to do to bring back a robust and thriving civil society is to be a little more civil, to be a little more understanding, to be a little more focused on how we can help a neighbor in need. Well, those are just two examples of what we highlighted at the UN Civil Society Conference here in Utah and really showcased that Utah is poised to not just be the crossroads of the West, but crossroads to the world. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on this special General Conference weekend coverage here at KSL News Radio. And as always, as you head out into the world, make sure that you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.